Yeah, here. We're fine. What would you call that that little section like not the cock rock stuff of the 70s but that slightly arena like that journey that foreigner arena boston arena rock it has to be because it's foreigner journey and and it has like a hard lean of prog a lot of it like boston has a hard lean of prog like it's always a pop song but then like it's a 55 second outro of like keyboard solo (laughs) (laughs) also like in that time is like like ram jams black betty like fits in there right like i thought that was earlier it's that's earlier but i feel like it, it all fits in the same kind of like yeah. I don't know. It's also got like a weird crossover with like Southern Rock, right? A I, little I bit. Don't taint my arena rock with Southern Rock, <laughs> please. Uh, me and me, the song that me and you are obsessed with that is a foreigner song is called Double Vision, my friend. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's got the one me and you. Double Vision. <laughs> yeah, we sing it all the time. To each other. That's a good one, too. It's yeah, like all their hits are kind of like thematic vision. songs. <laughs> They're the th- cold as I, yeah. hot blooded, double yeah. vision. They're all just very. Yeah, I bet you they the had like like storm brainstorm sessions where they're like, "What's well, a good phrase? It's yeah. a good phrase. Cold as ice. Yeah. There you go. Write it down you know on the board." I wonder if they had like walk hard moments. Like the lead singer's like, he just broke up with a girl, yeah. and he's just like, oh, "This bitch is cold as ice." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Cold as ice." <laughs> double vision. I've double vision as like chicks hot blooded, huh? Yeah. Wait, what'd you just say? They really missed. They they really missed the brainstorm. Just the clouds rolled over. That thunderstruck was right there. ACDC. I, I, I know. That would have been just right in I line. I know. Where was the singer at the eye doctors? And he was like, <laughs> "It seems you have double, double vision." vision. <laughs> and he's like, "I just hear whatever the keywords of everything." Wearing like these big doofy like eyeglasses. Oh my god! My god! Anyway, welcome I to saw, the garage. I saw that singer li- live. <laughs> Did you? Just yeah, the, at the Woodstock Fair. <laughs> Woodstock Fair's had some names. I saw Fog Hat at the Woodstock his name. Fair. I saw Quiet Riot Forget at the Woodstock it. Fair right before the lead singer died. Yeah, I was like seventeen when they played there. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Fog Hat though, I was so happy. <laughs> Play a little Fog Hat. <laughs> fog Hat. Oh man! Yes. Yeah, so by the way, welcome again to the garage. Oh. um... Also, Ian McDonald was in, in for I know. Rest As in a guitarist. Peace. Rest in peace, Ian McDonald. Yeah. Mm. Very talented member of the original King Crimson. And then... Uh, <laughs> and some nice flute. And loot. <laughs> Both on <laughs> you're that talking album. My, you're talking <laughs> my language. <laughs> Flutes and lutes. We need to write a folk prog Is that album gun, called Guns and Roses and yeah. folk <laughs> cover band? Yeah. <laughs> Flutes and lutes. <laughs> Flutes and lutes. Uh, Mick Jones is he yeah. the singer for Foreigner? He's the lead guitar player. Oh yes, okay. Yeah. Who who's the singer? Um, I don't know. Say some names and I'll we tell you. We have Jeff Pilson. No, nope. no. Oh, these are past members. That's probably why. Uh, thank you for that. Let's Mike put it straight on too. Who who are we thinking is the singer of? Oh, uh, you know what? I can just I can just do I, this. You scrolled too fast. I know. I I'm just gonna go to their first album. <laughs> I know that three were English and three were American. Wow. Oh, Lou East Graham. East huh? Lou Graham. Nice. Lead vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Lou Graham. Yeah. The three guys right from whichever America or England 
all have last names that start with the same letter. Do they? Mick Jones, so they all have J last names. I feel like Mick Jones though should change his name because, like, obviously the classic guitar players much, much better. Mick Jones, Mark Ronson's stepfather. Really? Mm -hmm. Very fascinating. Hmm. I don't think currently, but at at some point in his youth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, onward we go. Welcome, welcome. Let's get in the garage. It's a music podcast. It's a music podcast. This is just what we talk about. Um, but that's not what we will be talking about on today's episode. No, today. We thought we would talk where I, film meets music. <laughs> where music, well, film meets I should say, music. Where film meets music. Where music meets film. In a yeah. West Side Story type of yeah. life fight. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into a rumble. Uh, so we each picked three of our favorite movie soundtracks. <laughs> Wrong. Not favorite movie. We each picked one. We each picked one. Sorry. Not our favorite. Okay. Yeah, because it's probably not my favorite. But we each picked one. Movie soundtrack and one movie score. Yes, we and did. Then, uh, Who wants to explain the difference between a soundtrack and a score? Well, I will. For for the layperson out there. Yeah. So, like, a score is something that, like, Hollywood originally did because we didn't have, like, pop songs that we could just insert into movies. Um, and if they did, they usually had the performer playing it live, um, and they would record it like that. So, anyway, movies mm. had a thematic score um usually like um orchestra full orchestra would play and it would evoke the mood and setting um and this was kind of originally done in broadway um in stage where they would have the band play in the pit and um you know obviously musicals but they would also play to you know on and off stage and Mm -hmm. things of that nature so um yeah that's the difference between the score um Probably just to give you, like, the biggest uh, one, like, that everybody knows, like, is the, like, Star Wars uh, scores. Um, everybody knows that music by John Williams. Yep. Um, so that would be what that is. And then we have a movie soundtrack, which is um, pop songs and music that is used um, in the same way as a score, but it wasn't specifically written for that movie. It is just um, like used as a found artifact and put in and inserted into a movie. Do do we? Did like, I do an okay did, job at that? that? Was, yeah, that was good. Thank you guys. Did you? Um, I need the validation. <laughs> you now a thing you all. said was uh, <laughs> taking found music and putting it into a movie to underscore things. I. Do enjoy though when movies do specifically have like a theme song written for the movie. Oh, yeah. oh yes, that's also They're, amazing. That's John Williams' magic talent. Well, no, no, but no. I'm talking about. I'm talking about like. Or, oh, or you mean you, like like a, a movie where the title is like? I'll it, give you my favorite example. <laughs> oh, Stevie yeah, Wonder's yeah. "Stay Gold," the um oh. the theme song to the Outsiders movie. Yeah. Stay gold when you were young and carefree. <laughs> Stay gold. Yeah. Um, so what good. what other ones are written specifically? Like my heart will go on. Yeah. Written um, for Titanic. What are some What are some that like use the title in a fun way? Oh, that you. Uh, have you seen that Tom Hanks movie that I'm not going to be able to think the name of now about the band? Uh, it's like yes, that thing you do. Yeah, that thing yeah. you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Isn't that the yeah. name of the song That's in the, the movie? That's the song yeah. that they play like yeah. a jillion times yeah. in the movie. <laughs> they do play it <laughs> many, many times in the movie. Oh, yeah, or you got those classic '80s ones where, um, like the Neverending Story. 
the never ending story. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like. It's the only part that anyone remembers. So it's like almost like a sitcom theme song. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so soundtracks and scores. Um, I th- I think they're both very important because mm-hmm. um, even going back to silent pictures when movies first began, it would be just rolling film and they would have like a honky tonk piano player playing something because it's it sh- you need that to drive the emotion and all that stuff. Because um, looking at something is one thing, but when you add in the drama and the tension and the yeah. mystery of different things, um, yeah, yeah. And I think a couple of these selections too are kind of hybrid-esque sure. in a way. You know what I mean? Where the, like the lines kind of get blurred because if you want to start it off... If Luca, Luke wants to start off with, will, his for, with his soundtrack pick... Yeah. yeah um, I chose the movie Baby Driver, right. which is featured which, yeah. above Michael's head and mine over here. Yes. Um, it's uh Edgar Wright film. Um, I don't know the exact year it came out, but Michael's going to figure Let's that out. Let's say 2016. Me. That sounds about right. Something like that. Um, so what I like about this movie's um, soundtrack is it uses a lot of instrumental um, music and builds a like kind of score off the instrumental like pop music in it. Um, like it has the Beach Boys "Let's Go Away for a While" or the Incredible Bongo Band. Uh, Bongolia. <laughs> thank you. I needed you to say it, Jeffrey. <laughs> um, so it uses like a lot of music like that. Um, it's also the movie has a lot of car chase scenes in it, um, and it's used to like that great effect as well. Um, but yeah, so let me grab the soundtrack. And that this movie, I know Edgar Wright wrote this movie, like uh, probably all of our choices actually that we're going to talk about soundtrack wise. He wrote this movie knowing what musical cues he wanted, underscoring different things, mm. because yeah. the character spends a whole movie with headphones in listening so it's like what what do they call it so he has a tinnitus tinnitus no but i can't remember the word where they like are you're literally hearing what the character is hearing oh there's a word google it oh i have no idea what that word is it's it's a ten dollar word i think it starts with an a i don't know oof but my head antecedent is that right (laughs) i don't know google me google me (laughs) google it leave in the comments but you know i mean like it's not it's it's it exists in the scene of the movie, not just like we hear it as the audience type of thing. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. oh, yeah. So, like, every, yeah, that's great. Like, that's a point that I, you, you don't even really realize is that, yeah. yeah, every song that you hear in throughout the entire movie, the main character is also hearing. Um, yeah, so, it's like you're, you're hearing what he's listening to. Yeah. yeah, not the, to give away, this spoiler alert, actually, so I'm going to give it away. So, spoilers on this movie. But um, yeah. this is why this movie is a great music movie. Um so the character has uh, tinnitus in his e- uh, ears. Yep. Obviously, you can't have it anywhere else. Uh, and so he wears... Um, <laughs> I got a bad case of tinnitus in my back. He has a iPod constantly playing to drown out the hum yeah. in his ear. Yeah. Um, and so every scene is just scored with these wonderful, great uh, songs. And uh, like he uses instrumentals like crazy. Like There's uh, Dave Brubrek on there, uh, Unsquare Dance. Oh, yeah. dum, 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 like all that. Yeah. Um, ba, and, and then it has like great pop songs as well in it that like that close. accent big parts of it. What's the word, Jeff? Diegetic. Diegetic. That was close. I like it. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you weren't that scrambled. Dyslexia. Dis- okay. 
But um, it also has like great pop songs like uh, B A B Y by Carla Thomas, mm-hmm. like classic soul. Yeah. Um, and it also uses like great punk music too. It has Neat mm-hmm. Neat Neat by The Damned. Um, the great Deborah T Rex Deborah Beck conversation in the mm-hmm. movie. I love that Beck song. Oh my god! Right, like it's just so. I've loved that song since the second I heard it, like fifteen years ago. I love that. Song. Well, explain what that that Beck song is about. Um, and they explain it in the movie as well. The Beck song, I believe the the narr the narrative of the song is he's at like a J.C. Penny and he's trying to talk to a girl, but he's really wants to get the information for her sister. Yes. <laughs> But it's like it's like corny. It's like a very corny white guy Prince song. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it's like great because they're talking about like the songs that begin with the girl's name, and she yeah. knows that one. And then he's like, yeah. "Well, you have another one, and it's a T Rex song." Yeah. Um. So it's just like great moments like that that uh, are throughout the whole thing. And then um, the Edgar Wright film uh films have like queen a lot of queen music mm. in them. Um, and this one ends in Brighton Rock. It's like one of the. Mm. It's super epic. Like. The end scene of this movie, which I'm not going to give away, mm. is so, like, it's just awesome. And Queen's playing, and yeah. the Brian May guitar solo is just, like, <laughs> epic with the cars, yeah. cars that are going on. It, it's yeah. amazing. If you love cars, if you love guns, if you love robbery movies, yeah. if you love music movies, that's why this movie, I think, is so great. It's yeah. All those things in one. It's a music yeah. movie. It's a heist movie. It's a car chase movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, check out Baby Driver. And the music yeah, is great. like, it's it's a main character of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So 100%, it, yeah. It, the movie would not work without the variety and the use of these songs. I don't think. And, yeah. yeah. And it, it it plays on like two ma- two major types of of music too. It's it's old old soul music, right? Mm. And then like in- hip instrumental kind of obscure instrumental songs. So yeah, um, all around highly recommended. Mm. Check it out. Do you have a favorite moment, Mike, of of this music or a favorite song or anything um, that sticks out particularly? I do. I love the opening of the movie, like that first. The John Spencer Blues Explosion yeah. song, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Uh, bell bottoms. Yeah, bell bottoms. He's like, bell bottoms. Oh, and he's driving that like crazy bright red, like uh, uh, Subaru. Like I think it's you know probably WRX or something. Yeah, that's the. It's not in the cover. The Mustang's the, on the that's cover. That's the Challenger. I think. Oh, Challenger. That's he, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still the Challenger. Um, but yeah, that first sequence, and then that whole driving scene with the music and everything, and then the way that like there's low points in the song. It it's kind of things when things slow down for a hot minute, like in the driving sequence. That's what I love so much. And then it goes into Harlem Shuffle, I think, the next song. And as he's walking down the street, you'll see like a lyric right. like graffitied on the on the on the wall or you know what I mean? Like Or so, the, the lights yeah. are sequencing to the changes yeah. in the music. Yeah. Um, or the gunshots on tempo right. to songs. Yeah. <laughs> like so good, right? Yeah. Or they're beating somebody yeah. and it's going like whack, 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 whack yeah. in tempo to yeah. what they're doing. Oh, it's amazing. Dude. It's just so cool. Yeah. It's uh, I, um, it gave me He's a master of it. All of his movies yeah. do stuff like that. My yeah. favorite moment is um in the the ch- the second chase scene where they're playing the dams neat 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 mm-hmm. and the, the truck downshifts and then the song it like the guitar goes like just like that but it sounds like a downshift and he does it with the and it's like one of those moments you're like how like it's just so amazing because you think of like a car downshifting like in your head when you like in the song yeah and it's just that moment lined in it's 
amazing this movies full of moments like that um i like yeah. i like menacing about to kill him john ham and he pulls off the headphones and it's barry white and yeah john ham's like i'm never gonna give you up never gonna. he's yeah. like looking at his face like i'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right and he's just sweaty and grimy and like yeah, yeah. Yeah, Such and, a wild movie. Well, that's, that's so. A, I've only seen it once. I gotta go back and watch I it. I just watched it. Yeah. The the other night. Yeah. You was, re- did yeah. you did you really like it? Yeah, I really liked it. Because yeah. when I first saw it, I was I was like, oh my! Like I remember when the Carla Thomas song came on, I was like, oh, this movie is groovy as shit. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just really it's such it's so well done. And, yeah, and great characters too. The main character, Baby. Yeah. Whose real name is Miles? I think it's yes. revealed at the end. Uh like yeah it's just you can see he's just he's so good in the way of being like clearly he just wants to fucking you know what i mean like oh, yeah, run away with the girl yeah, and like, all that kind of thing you feel for him so bad and he just does not want to be involved in it but yeah it's know. it's just such a cool movie it, it like when i first saw it, it like made me like love movies again so yeah. very cool yeah 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 great music yep. great use of music yeah uh moving on do you want to go jeff do you want me to go uh sure i'll go okay um my choice is the soundtrack to one of my favorite movies, Boogie Nights, directed and written by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, the This is like a peak mid-90s movie with tons of music, so much that they actually made two volumes of a soundtrack um, like t- for sale. So it's a music from the movie Boogie Nights, and then it's more music from the movie Boogie Nights. So it's a double CD. It's like all music... Now that I know the word diegetic, so it's in the scene, it is really playing like yeah. it's it's like the party music of that time, which is like 1977 to 1982. So it has a ton of disco hits, like big, big hits. Um, but then it also has these slightly more obscure or I should say definitely by the mid 90s and especially today, m- much more obscure songs that feature heavily into it. Um the song Jungle Fever by the Chaka Chas, which is this, <laughs> it's just this like very seductive, like French whispered words and heavy breathing. And so it was like, it wasn't played on radio, I guess, because it was deemed explicit for the time. Um, the song Spill the Wine, which we have featured over here by Eric Burden and War, yeah. which um, the reason why I like the, the music in this movie so much is there's a couple songs on the volume two CD that are briefly or like kind of background music in the movie, but especially on the first disc, it's like these songs are full length in the movie. And some of them are just the song is playing with images like spill the wine by Eric Burden and war. They let like two and a half minutes of the song play while the camera's just like falling people around at a pool party. Mm. Oh, on, can I just on that note real yeah, fast? Yeah. When they jump into the pool and the chorus starts playing, it goes underwater. It goes underwater in the camera, <laughs> yeah. and there's like the, all the girls, and it's like yeah. spill the wine, and that's it, obviously yeah. water, yeah. wine, like the yeah, yeah. yeah solid, and, and, and they, solid music. They mix camera a shot. song. Yeah. They mix a song so it gets all flangery and weird, and then as soon as the the person emerges from the water, the sound of the record brightens up again. Yeah. So like. Um, very cool use of like that. They're using it as if the song was playing loudly at the party. Yeah. Um, you know, to Marvin Gaye. One of my favorite songs is the, it's not the opener. The opener was uh, kind of this short song that was 
composed by Michael Penn, who did the score of the mu- of the movie. But then the first thing that hits when like the credits start rolling is uh, a song called "Best of My Love" by The Emotions, which is an Earth, Wind, and so- It was written by the guys from Earth, Wind, and Fire, and mm-hmm. it's just like three part female harmonies, just kick you in the ass type of disco pop. Emotions. Emotions. What did I say? No, you. Oh, you, did I say you, that? No, you didn't. I was just. Oh, okay. You said the written by the guys by Earth Wind yeah, and yeah. Fire. I was just the emotions. Yeah. Mm. Um, I knew as soon as that was the first song. What we, I was like, we were somewhere once, and we're like, we were looking through a dollar bin, and that emotions record was there. Yep. And Jeff's like, buy that record, man. That's a good record. Yep. And I was like, all right. And mm. I, that song has been like a part of my life ever yep. since. And then when I, because I just watched this movie for the first time this week, when that song came on, I was like, oh, of course, it's a Jeff movie. I was like, Jeff loves yeah. this fucking song. And it's like da 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 da. Da, 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 da. And then it's like bright lights of yeah. like the of the club scene, and yeah. then it's just that great shot too of like yeah. the the walking through the club that's like yeah. reminiscent of uh, that mob movie that I'm not gonna be able to think Goodfellas, of. Yeah, yeah. it's right, like that right. Goodfellas scene, but yep. in of itself. So yeah. it's kind of a lot of the use of this mu- music. He, the director has said it's a very strong nod to the Scorsese type of how like that tracking shot, how they used a whole song to go through yeah. the club and kind of show you glimpses of all the characters. Um, the pool scene, um, climactic scene with the drug dealer who's freebasing cocaine, and he's he's singing Sister Christian, and then Jesse's girl, but he's like sh- he's like shooting blanks out of a gun at the guys, and they're all paranoid and coked out, and the yeah. tr- big robbery's about to go down. So it's a lot of like that scene yeah. was so unsettling <laughs> to watch. That was the first time I watched it. I was so I'm like you yeah. for the cuz I mean this is the first time I watched it. So I'm sitting yeah. there I'm like yeah. and I'm like jumping I'm like don't kill Mark Wahlberg. He's got a great slong. <laughs> um uh, yeah. So yeah, I I've Good I've, music, man. I've loved great like music. I love this music. I I love the song Magnet and Steel. I forget who does that one, but it's like a soft rock, almost like a, it's like has like a cowboy country kind of feel. Walter, Walter Egan. Egan. Um, I also I like how the, like, um, the cowboy look is, is talked about in this movie. Yeah. I didn't know it was a thing. That like, that Rick James cowboy look. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Like the Rick James. That Tons of beads. I'm sorry, because like, now I just really want to talk about this movie because yeah, yeah. I've been like dying with, because like the Rick, that cowboy look is like, so funny in that movie and it's just like this yeah. weird thing and like it's the rick james thing but it's so out of place to like yeah. oh my god it's just so yeah he plays he's playing the country music on the a-track and right. he's like you gotta stop playing country music <laughs> <laughs> and don Cheadle's like why but yeah why? yeah so yeah. i i you know i love i love these songs they've been a part of my life ever especially ever since i saw this this movie but like i i had known a bunch of these songs growing up because my parents were from that pop disco era of like we listened to earth wind fire and casey and the sunshine band and cool and the gang and stuff like that in my house um so it's like mostly very fun party music that underscores a movie that kind of takes some very dark and disturbing turns at times (laughs) Um, well like the music a lot of the time plays like um the straight man Right, movie. like ironically, yes, yeah. like when it's like sister Christian, no, the, and like this really like tense fucking thing is yeah. happening. Like Jesse girl is playing. Yeah. It's it's and uh, well, it also plays a straight person. It also makes like the joke a lot right. of the time. Mm. Oh, it, 
I, I love it. Yeah. It's um also like we talked about too, it shares like boogie shoes with like Saturday mm-hmm. Night Fever. Yep. So it's definitely like when that song came on, I was like, Oh, okay, and yeah. like gave me that kind of vibe to it. Mm. Um, oh, and something else I love about this soundtrack is something that the one Mike will talk about has a lot of. Um but the C D opens and closes with two songs that Mark Wahlberg's character records in the movie that are like dog shit. They're terrible, like corny, like power pop, like power rock anthems. Cause he's like, one of them, you got the heat, you got the boom. Ah. It's just terrible. The first one is literally from the Transformers cartoon. No, the last one, the last one. Okay. And they, yeah, yeah. and they do the whole, they do a four and a half minute version. Yeah. But it's just, uh, so that use of like, in that way, they're kind of using like little dialogue type of things from the movie. But the yeah. fact that they're musical and it it's just like very funny and bad singing and yeah. terrible sounding guitar solos for those songs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're out of time. They're just like yeah. fucking terrible. Yeah. He's like Mark Wahlberg singing in that like the throat voice yeah. that's like none of like yeah. no range in it. It's just all right. Yeah. You got <laughs> oh, my God. Feel, 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 feel <laughs> my heat. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's got great 70s music, and then mm-hmm. when it goes into the yeah. 80s, it's just got the right amount of 80s right. like music, yeah. mm-hmm. too. Um, 99 Left Balloons as well. It's also one of my... Yeah. yeah, it's just a lot of great stuff in there. Yeah. Yep. Great choice, man. My, very, very good what choice. was your I, choice? Um, so my choice was Reservoir Dogs. Mm, and this one... I think is pretty significant in the way that I, if, if I remember correctly, I think this was Tarantino's like big break movie. It was, yeah, right. So this kind of set up what you would come to expect from Tarantino in his incorporation of music with film because it's kind of similar to Baby Driver, you know what I mean, as well as Boogie Nights. Like it, it, like Tarantino has his way of using music in his right. movies and like it's like it's a it's like a signature of his you know what I mean um and it's just such a good it's just <laughs> it's such a good soundtrack it's got what's his name uh Stephen Wright who's like hey Billy super sounds of the 70s weekend you know keep, he's doing that keep thing on like, yeah it's so good like those interjections keep on trucking um and then just great I mean just you know great songs you have coconut Harry Nilsson's on there um, of yeah. course, stuck in the middle with you, just that scene. <laughs> yeah. If uh, you want that Harry Nielsen record is on the top shelf behind I the love Eric Burger record. Maybe yeah. I'll grab it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the stuck in the middle with you scene, man, where he's like cutting the ear, you know, yeah. the, like the torture scene and stuff. That's one of the most obviously iconic <laughs> moments where he like, he's like talking into the guy's <laughs> ear. I'm a coconut guy myself. Like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Um, and you know, just, you know. I like great how movie. it's 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 all killer no filler it's a half an hour and 50 minutes like it's 30 I'm sorry I'm sorry it's 30 it's 30 minutes and 50 th- seconds yeah, long oh, the soundtrack. it's yeah, not yeah. a half an hour and 50 it's, minutes yeah, nine no, I'm sorry I'm sorry I misread um I like how this movie um like I kind of messed up the way I said it on the last one but like this movie in the way that Stephen Wright is like deadpanning mm. on everything the music in this is like also like pretty lighthearted and fun and yeah. like kind of carefree like 70s easy going yeah and then what is happening in the film because i just i recently went back and watched this probably like two months ago maybe mm-hmm. a month ago and i was astounded by how how violent it was i didn't oh, i yeah. didn't remember i was yeah. like you know you just you'd have <laughs> no idea about like how crazy 
like when he's just bleeding out in the back seat and he's oh my screaming, God, he's like, I'm gonna fucking die. Yeah. It's like it's just like that's the <laughs> opening to the it's movie. So it's so, so crazy. Yeah, and it's like I mean, there's violence in movies yeah. now, but like it's intense yeah. for like a mob movie. And he's just laying there dying the entirety of the movie, just like laying there. Yeah, like, it's like this yeah. the pool of blood. It's like and the music is yeah. just like so like indifferent to what's happening. It's like the yeah. easiest easy rock yes. yeah. of that era. Just like Yeah, like I don't know what I can't it's just like Hooked on a feeling is yeah. on there. Um Oh yeah, the Ooga Joga. What what else is on there? Um, What's the Joe Tex song? The Joe Tex song oh, who we uh, talked about last week. Uh we I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. Um I got, oh that's it. Little yeah, Green yeah, Bag. Yep. Yeah. Which is another like they're all kind of like I wouldn't say novelty songs, but like one hit wonder. Oh, you know type what? Of... You are right. They are, they, yeah, yeah, they are kind of novelty songs, right? Yeah, yeah, because they're like very obscure, but like p- probably played to death for the two months they were on the radio yeah. during the mid seventies or yeah, yeah. Because like, let's be straight. Like, um, the only reason we know, um, oh man, now I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to think. Uh, the Steelers wheel tune. stuck in the middle, oh, yeah. stuck in the middle with, with you, right. is because of this movie. You know yeah. what I mean? That record's also behind you on the shelf yeah. too. That I forgot to grab. But yeah, but, um, this was Quentin Tarantino mostly, mostly drawing from move from music that was like big on the radio for like the summers when he was eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah, and this yeah. is, and I like like uh, I really love that you pointed out that they were like all novelty. That is pretty great. Like they all have that like just essence of like cheese to them, mm. and it's it makes like the movie so much. It almost makes it like what, what you're sitting through easier to watch. You just heard Edison Lighthouse with Where My Love Grows, Where My Rosemary Goes. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And everybody who's in it too, like Harvey Keitel. Did I ever tell you about how I met when I met Stephen Wright? No. No, I didn't know that you met Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright was way – he was on that don't touch my hand shit way before COVID. <laughs> that guy's the biggest germaphobe I've ever met in my life. Really? Yes. But he he is very openly a very huge germaphobe. He – uh. He came to the, uh, I think, I want to say it was the Zydeco Festival. It might have been the Bluegrass Festival at Strawberry Park when I worked at Strawberry Park. And he had, like, because he's a celebrity, you know? He was a big comedian, especially in his heyday, the late late 80s, early 90s. Um, But he had his VIP passes, and I just talked to him, and I said, I'm a really big fan. Because I like, he has his one big album, which is called, uh, I think it's called I Bought a Pony or something like that. Um, and I just I told still him I, was, have, I have a pony and I, I still have, have a pony right. and I said yeah I'm a really big fan I enjoy and he's the guy on the couch in Half Baked oh yeah yeah that's so right yeah. I, so I just gave a general like yeah I really like your stuff man he's like oh thank you thanks and I went to like give a shake his hand and he like gave me the most tentative like I will barely put my fist out for a fist bump and he's wearing gloves not really? medical gloves but like it was fucking second week of july and he's wearing like right not gloves. yeah like yeah, like yeah. yeah like leather yeah like pictures like uh hitting gloves but you know he was there with his scruffiness and his boston red Sox hat and oh thank you thanks oh man yeah but yeah so reservoir dogs it's just it's a great it's a great movie there's like yeah. a lot of really really funny people uh and good actors you know like, and li- Steve like Buscemi. and like you said this the music of this movie really sets the uh Sets like the the template for what Tarantino would do, 
as far because he we could we could have chosen six Tarantino soundtracks. Yeah, right. Well, because the next movie is Pulp very, Fiction, right? And you know. he gets more and more variety and more like stranger and a wider reach of songs. Yeah, even more obscure as he goes. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so check it out. Great Reservoir choice. Dogs. Um, before we move on, I'd like yeah. to congratulate all three of us for not picking the Dazed and Confused soundtrack. Good job, uh, gentlemen. Oh yes, but we did we Thank we did you. pick three of White Guy's favorite movies. So, so let's take a I'll, take back that hand. Take them back. Take them. There back. was a black guy in my movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. Oh, God. So yeah, so there you have it. We're gonna we'll move on to soundtracks. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, to scores rather. In a second, uh, we'll take a quick break. A quick we'll commercial break. Uh, we'll come back with scores. Keep it locked in. Keep it keep it locked keep in right tra- here. That get trucking. in the garage. A music podcast. Peaks is a show in which comedians have lively discussions about the most memorable peak periods of the actors, musicians, and athletes that dominated pop culture. John Koppel and a guest break down what each celebrity accomplished, why that person's work resonated with so many of us, what caused the peak to end, and so much more. All of season one is out now for your binging pleasure, and season two features breakdowns of icons like Mike Tyson, John Candy, and Leonardo DiCaprio. You can subscribe to Peaks wherever you listen to your podcast, and as always, it's brought to you by our friends at the Wasted Robot Network. You want to break bread and eat in this motherfucker? Break bread and eat up in this motherfucker. <laughs> Welcome back to Get in the Garage, a music podcast. We'd like to thank um, this is our, this is our AS- thank Deborah. This is our ASMR segment. This is us eating oatmeal cream pies by Little Debbie. Deborah. Debbie. Deborah. Wild Thornberries reference there for you if you didn't pick up on it. Oh, oh speaking of Wild Thornberries, uh, Flea, who plays uh, Donnie on the Wild Thornberries, was also in the movie Baby Driver, which yes. we forgot to talk about. Was no no's. That's a no no's. Yeah, no we no's. No no. The, the music, not the movie, but he's in it and famously confuses Mike Myers with Michael Myers. <laughs> That's such a good scene. You said Mike Myers. <laughs> this is Mike Myers. Halloween. This is a Halloween mask. <laughs> so good. So we oh, move yes. on. Yes, yes. We uh, we're now going to discuss some of some scores. Elevate things a little bit. Fancy pinky out. Yeah. Um, we each picked one score to highlight and talk about, and uh, there are many great scores. Some of my favorite things to listen to are movie scores. I have a, I have a. If you go on my Spotify. I have like a 70 hour playlist because I just am like, if I like the score of this movie, boom, it goes on the playlist. Yep. It's great studying music. It's great background music, um, depending on the mood you're looking for, because there can be all types of scores. There's very orchestral based scores. There's very like ambient, weird electronic music scores. There's like throbbing Matrix style, like techno scores. Oh, the score to um, that Adam Sandler movie, I hated so much. Uh, un- uncut Jam. Uh, uncut Jams. Yes. That movie has a score that just gives me anxiety. The worst anxiety. Yeah. I like this. I believe it's the same artist who I think is a. I can't remember the person's name. But they are like a recording artist, did the score. And 
they did the score for the movie before that, Good Time. I liked that score more, personally. But it was the same vibe, where it's electronic music that's supposed to make you feel like the cops are about to corner you. Yeah, it just builds that intensity. Yeah. So um, hmm. our choices, we all picked, let me think. I picked the score of the great, the great British Bake Off. Um, oh. Just when it gets really like suspenseful, like the lady's like, "Oh, it's spilled everywhere." It's yeah. unapproved. <laughs> we, we all we all pick different eras. Sorry. And we'll we'll go in the same order we just did, but um, it is chronological because Luke's is from the early fifties, mine's from the mid seventies, Mike's is from the early two thousands. So, um, different. I would say a different vibe as far as uh, fidelity and recording clarity, but also um, they share elements, but kind of you know very different scores. Yeah. But e- if you listen to all three in a row, they all kind of yeah yeah. They're, we didn't pick anything too jarring or crazy or no. I don't weird. think so. I don't think so. Luke, what was the score that you selected? I selected uh, "Streetcar Named Desire." Mm-hmm. Um, Classy. So this movie came out in 1951. Um, yeah, so this came out in 1951. Um, the score was recommended to me. Um, my significant other is a big movie buff. Just one of those days, dude. <laughs> oh, sorry. I can't hear that. Song. Yes. Um, she's a big movie buff and I was like what is like what's a great movie score that like you you know would say is notable and she said Streetcar Named Desire so I said okay um so that's the one I chose I watched a movie this week um the score is by Alex North um and it won the Academy Award for best um yeah Mm-mm. yeah best original score Oscar nomination nomination Alex go. North I don't believe ever won an Oscar, and he was nominated like fifteen times. That's really, yeah, yeah. He was nominated in that category though two times. Two times that year. That year. Yep. Yes. Um. So, it basically is like a full orchestra, like heavy strings, but has a very hard jazz um, leaning. It's got like really great like muted trumpet. Um. So the movie basically is kind of like this girl that goes slowly nuts, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of ins and outs in between there. It ain't slow. Well, <laughs> no, her descent into, yeah. Oh, more and more, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, like, there's a lot more, um, like, just weird comings yeah. and goings baked into the movie. But um, the soundtrack really plays off of her, like, crazy, like, um, monologues that she gives, mm-hmm. and it, like, you know, and something is like it's very foreshadowing of something about to happen. Um, I like how it uses the like the jazz element in the orchestra element really perfectly, where it has like the like wispy like violins that sound like like the wind blowing. Um, then like you know, it's uh has like great like Barry Sachs parts for like um, um Marlon Brando's character to like um show his like masculinity. Um, I actually looked up some stuff about like two like if one of the links off the Wikipedia page for this um led me to another article that like uh, quoted Miles Davis as being like this is a wild he's like said that soundtrack was like pretty wild for its day mm-hmm. um and it's pretty interesting that like Miles Davis noted that the soundtrack was pretty interesting to him because it's also very 
um, like reminiscent of like his sketches of Spain album with uh, Gil Evans. Um, later in the decade, this movie came out in 51. Those albums came out in like the later 50s. Um, but this is like the birth of that, right? Because it's definitely full orchestra and it has like light jazz elements. They're not like super heavy. Um, well, yeah. they are super heavy, but it like holds both angles at the same time. Yeah, I think the jazz stuff is really in it because the movie takes place in the French Quarter in New Orleans. Thank you. So it's like it is a um, melodramatic type of orchestral score that, like Luke said, shows the kind of descent into mental illness stuff and the obsession and the anxiety and all that. But it has that the tinges of the setting the new orleans kind of it's not there aren't any like swinging brass band shit in this but there's just you can you can hear that kind of thing bleed into the orchestra sound there's a lot of like um benny goodman clarinet clarinet in it as well like the um yeah the very diverse score as like if you go track by track it there are like it goes into different places. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it was a it was really really well done. Mm. Um, it's a great score. The movie um, it was super interesting. Just on another note, because um, it's a it's old, It's obviously a re- really old movie. It's like seventy years old. Mm. Um, and the movie didn't lead you. It has all these like um, taboo pinpoints in it, like um, sexuality and prostitution and uh, mental health. All these different uh, pinpoints, and um, it doesn't really tell you how to feel about the, any of them uh, at any point in the movie. Um, so it was really fascinating to watch because like a lot of movies nowadays are really like um, like they tell you who the bad guy and who the good guy is. This movie yeah. does not do that at all and lead you to um, make your own uh, assumptions of these people and what they've done and their actions. So I found that really really interesting to watch um so like when it, and it's probably the hardest thing about watching it is you almost have no reference because you're waiting for them to tell you what who what the morality of the characters are um and the music is almost the only guide right. to the morality of these characters so it'll give you like um like pushes and plays on all that and it's just it's very interesting um so yeah, yeah to watch something so old like be non-judgmental mm-hmm. and just uh kind of yeah is what it is yeah in in that way this movie it's based on very famous tessie williams play um but i think this movie with just the music and like silent film style like you could just play the picture and play the music and not even hear any of the dialogue and you would understand what's going on yes. right right yes. but it and it's not like hitting over the head with it but it's just the way of like kind of like tilts a certain way when someone's going on a very long monologue or it gets very kind of like darker when you all the like super masculine abusive stuff happens and yeah, yeah. i loved it i've never i had never listened to the score on its own i've seen the movie a handful of times and i love the music in yeah it. the music yeah. plays on its own yeah. it's almost entirely off of off of the movie like if you've never seen the like movie and you just want to listen to something this yeah. this works for that it stands on its own right it doesn't need the movie to play play yeah. itself yeah i had no reference point because i'd never seen the movie so oh. just listening to the soundtrack alone <laughs> very interesting very interesting yeah because it holds Cause... it holds jazz in hand but it's not jazz it's definitely full orchestra right right score 
Yeah. Um. So it's it's very like, you know, hmm. I, I I like that aspect of right. it. I like that a lot. Yeah. It almost made like um, mood music out of jazz, sure. like to a certain aspect of it. So yeah. yeah. But very cool. Great choice. Also, while we were watching that movie, I like said to Chelsea, I was like, "Who's who's that? Who's that guy? Who's that schmuck?" And she's like, "Marlon Brando." Oh, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh." <laughs> like, a very yeah, very young Marlon Brando. Yeah. 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 So that yeah. was also very. interesting. He's Jack too, man. Those moments where he's like standing like with his arms crossed and he he looks pretty. Yeah, he's. You know yeah. I mean, yeah. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, not you know. He's whatever. a handsome. He's a handsome. He's, a, he's like a classically handsome gentleman. Yeah. yeah. I'm more into like the 1995 Marlon Brando. Oh really? <laughs> he just looks like Bo- Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marlon. Yeah, I mean, I think oh, I think Marlin. this 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 score is. <laughs> It's perfectly. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's ambiguous. It's emotional. It's evocative, but it's yeah, holds its holds holds its own yeah. by itself too. Very classic. Very old Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. right on. Moving Alex on. North. So my my choice is actually uh, when you selected a streetcar named Desire, I almost changed my pick, but I stuck with it because my the score I chose is in a way kind of like taking the baton from the streetcar named desire type of sound um and that's the score for taxi driver done by bernard herman um the martin scorsese breakout picture from 1976 and the music is uh there isn't orchestra but instead it's like a wall of brass instruments doing these very dense like bum 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 deep it's like it's like really deep like guttural like but beautiful thick notes it's like sweaty and grimy and gritty but like um and it's very so it has that jazz ish flavor it's 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 jazz adjacent jazz jazz adjacent jazzacent um (laughs) jazz adjacent and but just like a streetcar named desire it's like it's it's Musically, it's ambiguous and it's makes you. It's kind of dreamy at times. It's it has this obsessive nature at times, a kind of like brooding, doomy, like foreboding type of thing happening. And paired with the movie, it it works perfectly for the emotionality of um, the main character because he's like a sleep deprived um, psychopath in training who's like wants to shoot a political. Uh, person and wants to like rescue a prostitute and is stalking a co- a girl who works at an office and and musically like there's scenes where it's like doom and gloom like thick trumpets and like low tubas and stuff and then it has this like seductive saxophone thing on top yeah. and like like it's this romantic like yeah. and when you watch the movie it's like the romantic stuff is like playing while there's close up of his like bugged out eyes like staring at the girl it's like um so famously bernard herman <laughs> is the guy who did all of oh all in quotes uh the alfred hitchcock movies uh, psycho vertigo etc hmm. etc et rear window so uh scorsese want specifically wanted bernard herman to do the movie and he sent him the thing and he's like i'm not gonna do a car movie because at the time in the mid-70s everybody was making like muscle car movies and he's like this is not a car movie. Please read the script. Like I think your music would like perfectly 
underscore it's this like psychological horror kind of like descent into madness movie um and bernard herman took the job it was the last film he worked on because bernard herman died like the christmas time before the movie came out the next summer Mm. um supposedly wrote the voicing and the everything for the pieces in like two or three days but just like had like I want the mood to be these thick brass sounds that are just like very like oh and then there's like Rhodes piano kind of just like ding, 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 well, it's, it's almost like there's alien some, to there's have, some harps and stuff it's alien to have like that much brass be like the main instrument yeah. to something without like a groove underneath it yeah. and then like yeah. to play like a beautiful line on yeah. top of it like you're saying like the close up and the eye and it like it plays like both things it plays mm-hmm. the the crazy in there and then like the the thought of what the character is thinking in in a yeah. doubly like holes that both line mm-hmm. like we were saying before like the last thing yeah it's just it's very and like the drums it's like all like marching like boom, 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 like snare drum yeah. right it's whenever like... drums happen you're like oh my god yeah. oh yeah it's just like oh something bad happen. <laughs> yeah. like if, it's like when you're watching hell's kitchen you're yeah. like the yeah. you're like yeah. oh someone's burnt the fish again yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, this this, this, sound, this is all burnt fish. When this. I was yeah, when I was listening to the soundtrack, there's one and, and it lines up with the scene. I can't remember which track it is exactly, but it lines up with a scene where he's like driving at night, which is like the whole fucking movie yeah. anyway. But he's like driving, and uh, I don't know if it's Jodie Foster's character with somebody or if it was just like two mm. prostitutes in that like I guess red light district area, if you want to call it that. Um, the 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 music is kind of like mellow and sort of brooding and all that stuff, and all of a sudden there's a because they like jump in front of the taxi yeah yeah dude i was listening to that <laughs> i was listening to that okay not watching the movie and i'm like listening to it all of a sudden it was just like and it, dude i i like it like yeah. it's it like it's a, it's a careful with that axe eugene moment dude it's yo for real man it's yeah. it's like yeah because that like, that's what he's the king of those jump scare musical moments in the hitchcock movies yeah so there's there are some of those in this where yeah. it'll be like they do the sax and like a little like kind of like a harp flourish and like just kind of keyboard notes and then you hear like dun 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 you're like oh <laughs> and it's and like for real I was I was listening to the score and I'm thinking like how many brass instruments are playing around like how many notes are in this chord they are like all bottom of the staff like f- eight cor- eight note chord voicings that are just like yeah. this this like ugh, tension yeah. and just density like oof. yeah um Famously, also, so the good. Steely Dan shout-out of the week. Tom Scott, who played saxophone on a bunch of Steely Dan stuff, he's the guy playing alto sax on Oh, the no theme. way. Really? No way. We need to clip that. Oh, that, was his, that was his time, man. The Steely Dan. 1975. This has been your Steely Dan moment. That's right. Um, so, yeah, and it being his last score, I think, was it very... I think it kind of elevates it, makes it even bigger, maybe in people's minds. Yeah. But um, this this score, like, I don't know if I would like really recommend listening to this score on your own, like Mike did, because it could like put you in a weird if you're not place. Ex- <laughs> if you're not expecting those, because it's beautiful and jump out of your seat if you're just listening to it in headphones with absolutely no context. It's dream slash nightmare. This whole score. That's why I didn't choose. Like the Shining soundtrack, oh, because that yeah. was what I was gonna choose. But then I was like, the pieces aren't yeah. that long, and he just yeah. kind of reuses them. Yeah. But the other one was, there's really no reference point to. Nah, nah, to just nah, droney nah, weird. Nah, nah. 
boom, yeah. boom. On the, like the Moog. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! And also, just just saying, uh, Robert De Niro with a mohawk is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> like, like malnourished, sleep deprived. Just, just like oh my god, yeah. dude! It's uh, oh my god, because it, that's yeah. like when you because it's available on Netflix, so that's where I watched oh, it. Yeah, and nice. like the cover for it is just like him looking fucking crazy with the yeah. mohawk, and you're like, <sighs> like, it's an excellent movie, excellent music. Um, Can our listeners hear that? No, they cannot. Cool. Mike got a text. Oh, I thought it was dinner time. Ding. <laughs> Ding. When you're here, your family. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> check it out. The score for Taxi Driver, Bernard Herman. Uh, if you're on streaming, they do include, like, the disco remix of five of the tracks at the end, which uh, I, pl- I played the whole thing, and then it, I didn't see what was playing. And then I'm like, I remember there being, like, a Saturday Night Fever version <laughs> of the theme. And then, like, 20 seconds into it, I realized this is that's what they use for um, Zach Galifianakis's "Between Two Ferns." That is the Taxi Driver. That is that disco track version of the Taxi Driver theme song that's on the Spotify album. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, oh, I'm like, I've heard this before. Wow, no shit, huh? Wow, we just broke a lot of ground. We did. A lot of discoveries were Um, made this week on, this is also a Get in the Garage goes to the movies episode. It is, yeah. Which we did not. And Mike, what is your choice? Because there there can only be, there's one to rule them all. (laughs) (laughs) One sound, one one score to rule. A wizard is never late. Um, Yeah, I picked the Fellowship of the Ring soundtrack from the first Lord of the Rings film directed by Peter Jackson. And, um... All the music was composed by Howard Shore. Oh, Howard Shore, who loves the taxi driver type stuff too. Yeah, he does all those Scorsese scores. Does he? Like oh, from yeah, the yeah. from the mid nineties on. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I did look. He hold on. Yeah. I think he did the M Night um, Shyamalan scores too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's into that. This score is not like that though. This score is. This one is. Yeah, Ho- this, hobbitish. It's very, it's very hobbitish. <laughs> Elvish, elvish, um, dwarfish. Yeah, uh, orcish, orcish. Oh, big time, yeah, big, big time, orcish. Yeah. Um, but no, it's cool because you know this is one of those things. Like this is a, um, this is kind of the introduction to the th- all of the themes that'll be mm. used throughout the next two films too. And then yeah. obviously he adds, you know, he adds other elements to kind of be the theme of a certain sort of like group of people or something like that right. uh countrymen and whatnot but um but it's cool because not only is it like the introduction to all of it but every like what i think is so crazy about it is the fact that so J.R.R. tolkien who wrote the books obviously um he was a linguist you know like uh so he actually created like sort of like you know like for the most part i think completed languages for every, he had a lot of time on his hands. For all of the races of uh, Middle Earth, you know what I mean? They and didn't have Spotify in 1925. <laughs> no, they definitely didn't. No, he's like, I guess I'll invent three languages. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so what's cool is they incorporate all of that language in the songs as well. And it's like everything feels like, you know, what I mean? like when with the when they're with the elves, there's this sort of like ethereal, mm-hmm. sort of like spiritual, pure-ish, pure kind of thing happening and then the dwarves is very like like working and strong and in, in the mines heavy. and drum heavy and then and then yeah like especially like mordor and like the the orcs and the uruk and all that stuff too 
that's very like. Wait, wait, what word did you just say? Orcs. What did you say after that? Urukai. Oh, please explain. Okay, so <laughs> orcs. <laughs> Urukai. So is that was God. that the white like pre orcs people? No, no, post orcs. Post orcs. Yeah, post orcs. Dorks. Yeah. Well, you know, this is my. Come on, man. It's my bread and butter. <laughs> but yeah, orcs are like a different version. I'm sorry, Urukai are different versions of orcs, but orcs came from Isengard. It's more of your Sauron and yeah. orcs came from Mordor. But there were also orcs that were also called goblins that lived in the mines of Moria, too. Uh, bread and butter. I thought you were talking about second breakfast. <laughs> second breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's tater, sir? Um, so I, I like the. I, I love this score. I, I especially like the very folky, like whistle and strings yeah, all about the hobbit all, yeah. music yeah that's yeah, so the hobbit really music good. so good it was hard for me to find joy <laughs> in the soundtrack because i hate these movies oh. so much it makes um, me so sad see i don't know these i've i've never seen the third movie oh you've, you've seen, never seen return of the king have you seen someone oh, walk man that's it have i seen someone walk yeah. for six hours straight i mean i have did, you've i've seen done the it movie. myself you've seen the movie yeah. <laughs> You've seen the movie. You've seen Grass before. Haters Club seen, over here. I, I have watched Paint Dry. <laughs> you, have you seen a picture of a volcano going off? Oh, I have. You've seen the movie. Oh, Maybe cool. it's a choir taste, which clearly it is. Uh, I, I like as far the, as Luke is concerned. But I'm I just like the first two. I never got to no, the third listen, one because I've I've been waiting to. My attention deficit disorder sure uh, makes it yeah. very impossible for me to sit through these movies. Mm. They are very hard. It's three hours a piece. Yeah. Extended director's cuts just shy of four. That's, what, uh, that's what we're talking about. Come on, man. What are we talking about here? Who, who watches the theatrical release? Three hours a piece if you're fucking a am, fucking amateurs. For me, it's I've just, tried all three in one day. It's not possible. I like dorky stuff, like, you know, nerdy yeah. things. But uh, this, like, brand of, of dorky thing is something I just cannot get into. How about the music? The music on its own. The music on its own? It's, it, it is It's also, so attached in my sure. head to, like, the... Yeah. Um, it's hard to set. Yeah, it's like that. It's for me. And yeah. this is a personal. This is not. If you like it, I'm not trying to. Our know. apologies to the Jr. Tolkien yes. estate. I'm that's, right here, guys. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I don't. It's not, <laughs> not like this opinion shall not pass. I know it's good, <laughs> but for my taste, it's like the same thing with like folk music. I don't oh, like sure. Celtic folk music. Uh, it drives me nuts. Really? See, so I like this Celtic stuff and like the fairy. Uh, lean to it like yeah. the dragons, medieval. That's like my least favorite kind of like that stuff. Like I just can't get into it. The Dungeons and Dra- that sure. vibe. Yeah, the music. Yeah, you're is, not a fantasy guy. Yeah, the music yeah. is really good, but mm. it's just for me, it's very attached. But sure. um, yeah. very epic, the- theatrical. Mm. Um, yeah, it's in the vein me, of the Star uh, Star Wars and sure. the you know it's those it's the movie franchise. Well, this is what idea. I, I'm going to say why it's I'm going to ba- also say why it's I think it's good. Hmm. It's good because when I listened back to it, I remembered the scenes sure. they took place in. Yeah, the yeah the fight the I remember like the scenes of like. They're all like, you know, you see like all the, the army and it's like yeah. um, in the molten lava. And like I was like, oh, yep, that's this song. You know, or like yeah. the, yeah. the you know, the, the like um, when they're that, like, they're like Liv Tyler the under bar. the tree. Like, uh, you know, right. It is like that yeah. whole like that stuff. I was listening back and I was like, yeah, OK, I get this. And it, it, such a, that's such a sad book. 
I read it the other day that Leon isn't that like, isn't that I think that's a sign of a really good score. Uh, that's yeah, that's right. why I was right. like I I just like you know rubbing yeah. on Mike's you know because I'm saying I don't really like Lord of the Rings, but um the, the score Lloyd, is Lloyd of the Rings. Lloyd, you know the Lord <laughs> of the gonna, Rings, I'm brother. Call you Lloyd. <laughs> Lord Ring, we Lord drove a Ring. sixth of the country in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh God, oh. sorry, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. but that's that. But it, yeah, I feel, I feel you, it's not it's not for everybody. But it's you the know, same but. thing. It's the greatness of when you're listening to, to like the Harry Harry Potter soundtrack or Star or Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, which, it's right, you know, right. It's it's a, you're like oh yep that's that scene this yeah. is that scene. Did you guys listen? Right. I listened to the version that said like the complete recording. Yes, which was like. <laughs> Yes. It was their version of the four-hour movie. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I can't remember how many tracks it was, Is, but it was a lot. So my my uh, big question was: Did you choose this one because this is like introduces the themes and the feel and whatever? Yeah. Not necessarily like you looked at all three movies and were like, "Well, it's it's my, well, it's also my favorite of the three, music-wise, both sure movie okay. and music-wise." Yeah, I like okay. the Fellowship the most. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's just cause it's like what you when you first meet the character. There's just this right. thing about like the the yeah, introduction. Like because when you know you're in for and then the characters kind of get three film four hour a piece thing. You know the characters kind of get themes played off of the original themes when yeah. they're introduced in this movie. And right, right, right. Yeah. And, so it's yeah, the yeah. first times you're like attributing the the sort right. of the themes to the you know to the characters in the movie. Um, but yeah, just I you know I love cool. it, man. I love Lord of the Rings. I have nice. a Gandalf. Certified licensed cloak Can at you, my house. Do you really? Yeah, I do. When did you get? I that? had like I went through a weird like I was making stabs and shit, but <laughs> I was little. I was little. Um, Where, what can you do? You want to close with a uh, so? Yeah, we we yeah. wanted to talk about soundtracks and scores, but ten seconds into suggesting the idea, I realized if we don't make a separate category, we're probably all going to choose John Williams scores because yeah. he's the king of scores. Um, and he really is. He's like done scores for every major movie since 1975, basically. Yeah. Um, so as a special little tag at the end, we are going to talk about uh, our top three most, you know, favorite three John Williams scores. Not, you know, trying to separate the movie from the music. But like we said, the best scores tie so much into the movie themselves. Um, I'll I'll hit my top three. In uh, in ascending order, um, my number three is the score for E.T. from I want to say nineteen eighty one. I like this score because it has that it's like a science fictiony type of vibe, but without getting too like horror movie science fictiony. It's more yeah. of like a kind of hopeful, mysterious type of feel. Yep. Um, his his theme. That happens during the big uh, bike thing at the end is a very iconic theme. So my number three is E.T. and nineteen eighty two. Sorry, my number one is from nineteen eighty one. Um, and this was a movie that, like, I remember watching this as a young kid, and it is kind of, you know, has some w- kind of scary, creepy, like horror-y type of elements for a kid movie, and the music really works with that. Uh, my number two is like Mike said for Lord of the Rings I'm picking the first because it introduces the whole vibe but the first Star Wars is my number 2 because I know that I know that the the Darth Vader theme doesn't happen until the second movie but the the themes that are in the first movie themselves 
are just so good. The Leia theme, the opening titles, the little jazz band in the cantina, yeah, yeah. Um, the chase, the the fan the fanfare song at the end during the medal ceremony. Um, and my number one, which is one of the scores that like I could just play this at any time, um, and that's the Raiders of the Lost Ark score. Hmm. Um, that's from 1981, and that that's just like it's so has everything I want from a score with like trumpet sections and kind of chase things, but it's a very classic, like not, it's not Western, but it has very, there's a lot of openness in the music Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of those kind of like you're on a quest type of musical cues. So a lot of the like, like little bells and stuff. Um, And I love the uh, theme, the Marion theme in that movie, the romantic themes. I think he writes really good romantic themes. They, it's John Williams. He's written a lot of movies, and if you put them all in a lineup, it's kind of hard to choose because yeah. they are—they all share similar things. But you could throw a dart, and chances yeah. are it lands on one that you go, "Yeah, that's a fucking yeah. great sound. That's a great right. score." <laughs> so that's my top three: um, yeah. one, Raiders of the Lost Ark; two, Star Wars: New Hope; and three, E.T. Extraterrestrial. I am gonna go number three: uh, Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. so classic. Yeah, the shot with the dinosaurs in the beginning. Mm. If that doesn't blow your mind, it's like a five-year-old. I love the bad version that's played uh, on like on like a recorder or so. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah um, it's so good. That's yeah. how you know it's something's good if it's been made into a meme. You know it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. So that's like probably the first one. Sure. Um, the Harry Potter. Sure. Um. Yeah. Mm. amazing yeah. just all like the the all like it's so like that it's just childhood classic yeah. great i love it um michael got another text that threw me off oh i thought that was part of the score Ding! oh my goodness the score to the sound uh, i have to, to turn this, this i have to turn uh, in- do not disturb mode on in- instrument used on that score that gets that like sustained bell things it's called a glass harmonica mm, yeah. look up this instrument man they're so cool they're so cool it's they're like so invented cool. by ben franklin in the 1700s really they're like almost you've impo- seen those they're almost impossible to play um also Crazy. shout out to that instrument because that instrument was also played on corns unplugged oh, as, as we all know <laughs> as we all know what's this on I believe our boy Jesse is a big fan of that Corn Unplugged record. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. He might be. I think he is. I yeah. think he is. Um, um, oh, right, shout, so out, shout out Park. to Before we move on, shout out to Corn. Chelsea's been having a corn week this week. So oh, nice and corny. We, we went through it. We went through it. That's <laughs> <laughs> why um, there's bagpipes playing. Buckle my shoe. Um, and my number one is Star Wars. Um, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I just the Imperial March is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, second is the Cantina band song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right on. Okay. Well, mine. Uh, I'll do in no particular order. Okay. Ooh, I'll do in no, pati- I'm not no particular do place to go <laughs> over here, fucking I, Chuck Berry. Because I just think that you know. So they're too close. Uh, not that they're. they're too the close photo, as much as it's finish. like i don't want to you know i can't i i didn't i didn't think of that he doesn't want to offend john williams but uh superman oh, 1978 okay. yeah. he did superman and like that was right. kind of the first movie of its kind in a way man like yeah. in terms of like these giant superhero blockbusters man sure and i think that's the reason why 
like his score set the tone of that sort of like triumphant superhero mm-hmm. thing. But then mm-hmm. Superman was interesting too because he technically wasn't from Earth, so it had this kind of like science fiction sort of like mm-hmm. sprinkled on top of everything too. And, you know, um, just great, man. Just absolutely great. Um, another one I want to go for, this was kind of like a last-minute sub, but I thought about it and I was like, well, this one has to be on somebody's list is Jaws because – yeah. Jaws oh is like Come on man there's like it's uh it's just it's it is what it is you can't You hear the first 3 notes of that song and you that's it Yeah you're like we're going to need a bigger boat We're going to need a bigger boat Yeah definitely Um okay so Superman Jaws and then I got to go with Home Alone man Oh sure, because he, he did the Home Alone. Fuck yeah, man! I gotta go with Home Alone because like, that's... and Home Alone has great music because it's there's that weepy emotional stuff, but there's also like the fucking cartoon type music yeah. during all the pratfall like cans hitting guys' heads. Right, right. There's a lot of that like, yeah, like yeah. funny kind of like lighthearted stuff. Yeah, like an oboe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like where they're like peering around a corner or something like that, and then a paint can comes down and whacks <laughs> him in the face. Uh, so yeah, so there you go. There's Good my choices. three. Uh, um, ch- check your before you go on vacation. Make sure you have all your kids. This is a PSA yeah. from Get in the Garage. Yeah, they remade the first Home Alone. I'm like, how? There's what? The, they remade it. I think they remade the first they Home did. Alone. Yeah, or I know they were talking about. Did him. he just not have a phone? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how do you forget at that point? Most, yeah, most movies phone. now are you just could solve it by somebody on a phone. Yeah, <laughs> if somebody just if somebody just texted him and like you forgot me. It'd be like, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. So make sure your kids are, make it, sure your kids are with you. Also, can I just give an honorable mention to a well, film sure. composer? Uh, Hans Zimmer was sure. one that I was thinking about too because Hans Zimmer did like the Dark Knight, Batman stuff, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Gladiator. Um, yeah. uh, what else? He did a bunch. He's done. He's he's like he's like the Michael Bay of composers. <laughs> like yeah. when it comes to you know because he does all those like big action things and like you know all yeah. that kind of stuff. My honorable mention is Thomas Newman because I was going to choose the Shawshank Redemption, which I really love the music from that. He also did the Wally score. Oh yeah, um, come on, Mike. Give among, it to us. among many others, who the Wally voice? Wally. Oh oh, Wally. 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 Thank you. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah, I love movies. I love music and movies. <laughs> can I can I give a shout out to another one? Sure. Todd Rundgren for his amazing work on Dumb and Dumber. Oh, excellent work. <laughs> did did excellent he do work. the score on Dumb and Dumber? Oh, how about my, my other honorable mention? Um, <laughs> Mark Knopfler, the lead guitarist and singer for Dire Straits, who did the music for The Princess Bride. Oh, did he? Which is just like, it's yeah. acoustic guitar and then synthesized strings and <laughs> woodwinds. <laughs> It's, it's great. It's one yeah. of my favorites. Good shout outs. I like. Good I shout like. outs. Oh, who was the dude who did was that the Truman Show? Was that Um Philip Glass and I can't remember the other guy's name, but they were like they're like new age kind of avant garde type of composers. Yeah, that, that soundtrack. I mean that, that oh, score rather that. is amazing. Yeah. Honorable mention movie score. The Truman Show. I have no honorable mention. Well, you said The Shining. Yeah. The Shining was the one I was And the Kubrick ones, I I wanted to choose a Kubrick one, but he uses 
so many like he just uses classical pieces yes. instead of having someone because that, that write I w- something. I wanted them. to do the the Shining, but it ends up like it's kind of more. And I didn't really realize this because I'm not like a big classical music buff. But I didn't realize that that movie isn't really a score. It's classical no. music pieces right. mixed with like one mixed with like two, two score pieces yeah, right. that are short in length. Yeah. Wendy Carlos, yeah. yeah, yeah, who we've also talked about on this podcast before. Yeah, yeah. right on. Well, there you have it. Movie scores, soundtracks, and all that fun stuff. Don't forget to like and subscribe, please. Leave comments. Michael, uh, what does it do when you comment? Do this thing. Oh, too. it awakens it. Yeah, give us a like. It uh, awakens the beast. It awakens the beast, the the primordial creature that is the algorithm, and uh, it <laughs> it lets it lets it know that we exist. So when you search for us and stuff, our stuff starts becoming more uh, available upon first searches and not having to do too much digging. But if you have to do some digging, if you um, go to our Instagram page, if you go to our Instagram page, um, you can find all the links to our YouTube and all that stuff too. Which is Get in the Garage. All right, you cool cats and kittens. All right. (laughs) Stay fresh. See you next time. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.